I wouldn't feel guilty about uh, not completing homework. I would feel guilty, however, of them seeing me fail at that. I guess it put them in the situation where they had to fail me. Hey, Yasmin. Hey, Sultan. How have you been? Um, fine. I've got an English piece that's stressing me out. Oh, really? What's it on? We just finished reading Frederick Douglass, and I have to write an analytical essay about it. Wow. Douglass? Remarkable. Definitely one of the great American writers. Yeah, I'm just having trouble approaching the essay, but I'll figure it out. Do you have a favorite? American writer? Yeah. Well, you could say I'm partial to James Baldwin. I appreciate that. I think we read his A Letter to My Nephew in middle school. Yeah, he's great. And apparently his self-described mission was to bear witness to the truth. Like we're trying to do right now? Hopefully. Well, let us tell you about a school that does try to carry on the legacy of the famous writer and activist. James Baldwin High School. And in the months that we spent there, we discovered that just like Baldwin, the man, the students who go to Baldwin, the transfer school, have important stories to share. And no two stories are alike. We quickly discover that there is no such thing as a typical transfer school student. Last week, we began exploring transfer schools as NYC's solution in the early 2000s to the problem of rising high school dropouts. So, if you missed episode one, definitely go back and give it a listen. This season, you're going to hear the stories of several James Baldwin students, stories that far too often go unheard. This episode, you'll hear the story of just one, whose journey to Baldwin is not what you'd expect it to be. And here to tell a story is one of our very best, Asha. I'm sitting in a large classroom at the James Baldwin School with a student named Javier. He goes by Javi. It's after school, but I convinced Javi to stick around and do an unusual assignment, map his journey through the New York City school system. He's at the desk across from me, drawing on a piece of blank white paper, stopping every now and then to look up at the ceiling until a new idea hits and he returns to his drawing. When he finishes, he dusts off the eraser shreddings, takes one final look at the paper, and passes me his masterpiece. Javi has created a detailed three-dimensional drawing split into three sections, primary, middle, and high school. I drew the primary school as a wall. Middle school is like, I don't know, a bomb shelter. And high school is a castle with a moat and kids inside like me. Why a castle? I guess it's like the high expectations you have going into high school. And then when you go in, it's just a stupid castle. With a moat. We'll get into high school later, but first, I want to tell you about Javi's journey getting there. Javi grew up in Washington Heights on Dykeman Street. I lived in Dykeman because that was the, like, the area for Dominican children. My elementary school was PS 152. It was around Dykeman. It was just basic elementary school. It wasn't that memorable. But then he said something interesting. There's definitely like a different treatment they have for the AP kids and the not AP kids. In reality, there are no AP or advanced placement classes in elementary schools. I'd say I was like the, the AP kid where they have them in different groups and doing different like harder problems. Some kids definitely think that they're inferior to the AP kids and that just makes the stigma this idea that public schools can treat some students differently than others, he didn't like that. After elementary school, Javi applied and was accepted to a selective 6th through 12th grade school with a particular focus on college prep. My mom knew that I was, quote-unquote, 
a smart kid, so she put me in the smart school. It's called Columbia Secondary School for Math, Science, and Engineering, or CSS for short. The school takes its name from the Ivy League University in Morningside Heights, a few miles south of where Javi grew up. Because you have to pass a test to get into CSS, it's known as being academically rigorous. At PS 152, Javi was surrounded almost entirely by kids from his neighborhood, kids who look like him. At CSS, for the first time, he's in classes not only with Latinx students, but also with significant numbers of black, white, and Asian students from a range of socioeconomic backgrounds. I kept to myself. I was relatively shy. I made two friends and just kept on doing my classwork and excelling at that, but then not doing the homework. So I had that balance of I was going to pass, but barely because I didn't have the homework done, which was fine with me because I still passed. If you haven't noticed by now, Javi is very principled, but his principles didn't always align with those of his school. Homework wasn't the only thing that Javi didn't agree with. More on that after a short break. I'm Adrian Uribarri, co-founder of The Bell, which produces Miseducation. When Taylor and I started this podcast, our goal was to create a platform for students to tell real stories about how education issues affect them. Our listeners have made that possible. So we want to thank you for your financial support. And if you're listening for the first time, we want to thank you too. If you like what you hear, consider a tax-deductible donation to The Bell. Visit bellvoices.org slash donate. And tell your friends. Okay. Time for high school, or as Javi describes it, the stupid castle with a moat. Columbia Secondary School is both a middle and a high school. All CSS middle schoolers are offered an automatic spot in the high school, but like all New York City students, they also have the option to apply to high schools across the city. Javi didn't really want to deal with the anxiety surrounding high school admissions, so he just decided to take the seat offered to him. The classes were advanced, but didn't mean that I didn't, I really cared about them, and I barely passed, really. As the classes went on, I just knew things would get more difficult. Javi dealt with this increasing rigor during his freshman and sophomore years by simply picking and choosing the things he thought were interesting enough to do. Homework, once again, was not one of them. Here's Javi talking about it with my producer, Taylor. The thing about it is, like, it's a lot of busy work. And I know it's busy work. And they know it's busy work. So I just don't do it. It sounds like you were like a conscientious objector to doing homework. Not, not from, it's, it, it's really easy to not do homework. I, I'd rather choose that. So it was a really easy choice to make of just passively letting it sit in my backpack. You might be wondering at this point, how did Javi's aversion to homework go over with his parents? Uh, they've got their own lives. I've got mine. Javi said that his mom immigrated to the U.S. from the Dominican Republic in 1995, and his dad followed three years later. He said that they worked hard to provide for him and his two older sisters. His dad works night shifts. He is a manager at ShopRite. He's worked there for a, a real long time. Also, my mom takes care of old people. The thing that confuses me about Javi is that even though he didn't do his homework, he clearly cared about school. I did try my best to make like the class flow better by just um, answering uh, every question I could, especially in chemistry. I was like the, the kid who was like, yeah, put your hand down, 
Let's get someone else. One day, near the start of junior year, Javi walks into chemistry class with no backpack and informs the room that he will be leaving the school. Ha, yeah, right. And when the teacher's like, okay, come on, and tries to hand him his homework? I told her I wouldn't be taking it because first, I don't have a backpack. And second, I wouldn't be here tomorrow. And the chemistry teacher, she also had the confidence in saying, yeah, that's funny. Just take the homework. His classmates don't believe him either. Typical Javi, just joking around. But when he doesn't come back the next day or the day after, reality begins to sink in. Javi is gone for good. Even today, people mention how different CSS is without him. And if you're wondering how I know all of this, it's because Javi's empty desk in that chemistry classroom was right next to mine. When you told us, I feel like a lot of people were like, no, he's not going. Like, he's joking. He's just being Javi. Like, we, I, I thought you were joking about it. So many people were, like, genuinely distressed that you left. I'll just say that I was a beloved pop icon in my old school. And they didn't really want me to leave. But nevertheless, I wanted to. I've known Javi since middle school. In fact, we're pretty good friends. And when he left the school, we stayed in touch. The fact that I joined the Miseducation podcast and that we chose to do a season on James Baldwin, Javi's new school, was a total coincidence. Javi began attending James Baldwin in October 2018. When I moved to this school, I didn't really think about how it could be different. I just heard about how it's more lax than the school I was at previously. So that gave me the incentive to go over here because I can do less effort and put in more participation and get way more rewards, I guess. James Baldwin has a reputation as the school that seems to love collecting CSS students. According to DOE data, eight students left CSS for transfer high schools last year. Seven of the eight enrolled at Baldwin. Only two other high schools in the whole city sent more students to Baldwin last year than CSS. Our team reached out to CSS to try and understand more about the process of transferring and why Baldwin is such a popular pick, but they didn't get back to us before our deadline for this recording. Here's how Javi described the transfer process. I didn't really look at the other schools. I didn't really look at um, James Baldwin either. I just went there on a whim. When I asked about it uh, to my guidance counselor, she said that she was going to recommend me there anyways, so it was like... um, two things come together. Before we get into Javi's experience, let me give you a proper introduction to the James Baldwin School. Like all transfer schools, it's small, just 245 students, and exclusively serves students who started their high school career somewhere else. Baldwin occupies a single hallway on the third floor of the Bayard Rustin Educational Complex in the heart of Manhattan's Chelsea neighborhood. When you step off the elevator, a giant mural of James Baldwin greets you. Baldwin's legacy as a writer and social justice leader is very much alive at the school. Just take a look at the names of the courses these students are taking. Reconstruction, the unfinished revolution, crime and punishment, stories we tell, power in our hands. I spent a full day at the school last spring to see what it was like. The thing that struck me the most is how much freedom the students have. They're allowed to use their cell phones in the classroom. One kid played music from a small portable speaker in the hallway during a class transition. At lunchtime, many students fan out into the neighborhood for pizza slices or sandwiches. Others hang out in classrooms to watch Netflix, play chess, chat with friends. 
Compared to Columbia Secondary School, the vibe is way more chill. At CSS, we have to wear uniforms, we have a swipe-in machine to track students' attendance and punctuality, certainly can't leave for lunch, and we have hours of homework each night. At Baldwin, no uniforms, no swipe-in machines, and to Javi's delight, no homework. That's right, none. When Javi got to Baldwin, he noticed another big difference, the relationships between students and teachers. In my previous school, there was a pre-established respect that you have to have for your teachers. Like, you have to call them by professor. It's like a weird superiority thing. There are some teachers that, by design, they're supposed to be antagonistic to you, which I think shouldn't be there at all. At Baldwin, though, students don't refer to their teachers as professor, or even Mr. and Miss. They call them by their first names, Rob, Abby, Josh. You can confide in the adults here, and people do. So when they have to leave, it's actually really upsetting because you've made friends, you've made relationships. Javi has also noticed differences in the culture surrounding academics between his old and his new school. People don't want to strive much here, but you could see people striving in CSS. They excelled because that was a good school to go to. I think I know what Javi's talking about here. It isn't so much that CSS is better than James Baldwin, it's more about the drastic difference in who the schools serve. CSS is a highly selective college prep school for high-achieving students. Students have hopes of attending Ivy League institutions, especially Columbia University. Because of this, many are very academically driven and often overwhelm themselves with work and stress. At James Baldwin, students come into the school, quote, at risk or off track. About a third of Baldwin students have special needs, nearly double the city average. In order to account for the variety of learners, James Baldwin has to take different approaches. A lot of students aren't so interested, so it's hard for teachers to get their class uh, motivated to learn things. There are some teachers that, um, that actually talk to you and build relationships so that that can happen. And I think it doesn't really work on everyone, but the teachers here try their best to have that happen. So I, I coined the term cooperate. It's not really, I didn't coin the term, but I'd say like cooperating with a teacher is raising your hand and giving the lesson some, uh, what's it called, momentum. I guess I've been cooperating in class more because I feel the need to help the teachers here. The teachers I saw seemed very experienced at managing their classroom. Some had been at Baldwin for 10 plus years. They knew which students had worked a late shift the night before and which ones needed extra time to process information, things a classmate might not realize. Although CSS, like all schools, also has to serve different kinds of learners, the standards are always high and teachers usually can't change the curriculum to fit the students' needs. This made me think about the kids like Javi that left CSS. Would a more responsive curriculum have better served their needs? A few months ago, I came across a Chalkbeat New York article describing the uproar from Harlem parents who feel that, although Columbia Secondary stands out for its high performance, the competitive admissions process inhibits the school from more accurately representing the surrounding neighborhood. There's a quote from one of the elected parent leaders from Harlem that really stuck with me. She said that students from Harlem often don't make it into CSS because, quote, from the inception of the school, it really wasn't designed for them. 
I wasn't around when CSS was created, but having seen which students get transferred out, I can't help but question who the school is actually serving today. By all accounts, Javi's doing really well at Baldwin. Javi, he actually, well, I've, I heard his story from his previous school, and he is the complete opposite of that. This is TJ. He's a member of the restorative justice team at Baldwin, which you'll hear more about in episode three. TJ is the go-to guy for students and staff alike. He's always on the go, always there to help. He's just in class. I don't see him in the hallways. He's doing his work, his grades on point. He's somebody that, that when you finally speak to them and have a conversation with them, he'll have you cracking up. And you don't even realize that he's that funny. <laughs> um, but I guess you can appreciate that about him because he's just not out there in, in your face. Even though he had to make his own path, Javi seems to have successfully navigated across the moat to that stupid castle on the other side. But looking at his drawing, it suddenly dawns on me that he hasn't drawn a college or anything after high school. In fact, the only signs of his thoughts about the future are three lightly sketched scribbles, almost like the wind, leading away from the open doors of the castle. I wanted to be a, a therapist because I, I enjoy talking to people. I, it didn't sound like it, but I don't enjoy talking to strangers. But if it's one-on-one -on -one with someone, I really enjoy talking like that and just like helping, helping people. But you'd have to go to college for that, which I think is a waste of time and money. Javi talks about college a lot like he talks about homework. So instead of that, uh, a lesser extent of that would be bartending at a local bar where I just live at. I don't live at the bar, but I live near it. So that way, um, I can establish my reputation as a, a cool dude that drunk people go to to just tell their problems. I guess I'm selling myself short, but I never want to make unrealistic expectations of myself. A state I had in mind. No. Where's Milwaukee? Wisconsin. Wisconsin, that's where I want to go. Where, like, people could just say, hey, where's, where's Javier? He's in Wisconsin. Okay, let's, okay, that's it. Sometimes it's hard to tell when Javi is joking or being dead serious. In this case, I have no idea. I do know that the staff at Baldwin gives Javi and other students a lot of support in planning for after high school, and they understand that college isn't in the cards for every student. In fact, where most schools would have a college office, Baldwin has a futures office that prepares students for a wide range of post-secondary options. Javi and I are both on track to graduate in June, but our plans for the future are very different. A couple weeks ago, I called Javi to see if there were any updates to his plans. Hi. So, basically, uh, I just wanted to call, and because, you know, we're finishing up the episode... I just kind of wanted to see, you know, what your plans are for after high school. Um, I will keep attempting to, like, do the applications that get me, like, the co-op tech. What, what's what's okay. co-op tech? It's basically, like, uh, a trade school, but it, it, like, takes high school kids, and also it's free. And also, they get you apprenticeships and, like, so that you can get paid while you're learning. So I'm going to take two of them, electrical installation and plumbing, just because I can use it around my home or, like, I guess, friends. 
homeless too, but the future's office. They just saw how interested I was and they just came up with a whole bunch of programs like that, which is a really cool thing on their part because I wasn't really thinking of that. And I'm glad that they told me. In CSS, that would have never happened. They advertise the students that go to like those colleges and just put them up on a wall as if to say, these people deserve to be recognized because they went to college. I, I they, they, they like glorify going to college too much. Javi, who is that? It's a baby. There's also a cat in here. And they were both reacting to each other. <laughs> okay. Is that all? For now. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Okay. Bye. 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 Who knows? He might still pursue the bartender therapist route. But no matter what he does, I can't wait to hear all about it. If he's taught me anything, it's that it's okay to take your own path. I'm glad he found a school that supports students in getting to the futures they imagine for themselves. So, Sultan, what did you think of Javi? You know, when I first met Javi, he struck me as such a thoughtful and funny guy. I'm really glad we got to hear more of his story in this episode. Yeah, it's like what we said earlier, no two stories are alike. And that'll prove true again next week when we meet Adriana, whose journey to Baldwin varied greatly from Javi's. She might be small, but she's a big ball of energy, so y'all better prepare for it. I don't even mind saying this on a podcast, I could put it in there, I don't care. That school was terrible, and to this day it's terrible. And I'm gonna tell you why. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all why. For this season, we're profiling students from James Baldwin High School, whose stories have a lot to teach us about the rest of the school system. If you're interested in hearing more stories like these, you should make sure you're subscribed to Miseducation on the podcast app so you never miss an episode. For behind-the-scenes content, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MiseducationPod. This episode was written and reported by Asha Khan, edited and produced by Taylor McGraw, and original music is from the students at Building Beats, which you can learn about more in the show notes. Miseducation is a program of the Bell in partnership with the Heckinger Report. Big thanks to the Pinkerton Foundation, the Summerfield Foundation, and FJC. We'll be back soon with episode three. And until then, stay educated. That's me. I'm happy. That's him. He's, well, you would know. He's, this guy's sad. He's angry, both of them. And this guy's deformed. So he's already got. Yeesh, yeesh. These kids have no faces. Awful start. That's useful.